I'm Jim. And I'm Emily. And we're, we're the, the Summers, Summers family. family. She works in an office. And he runs the home. Together, we're raising our four kids with an emphasis on family, adventure, and the arts. Welcome to the Summers Time Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Summer's Time Podcast. Um, today we wanted to talk about a very important topic, um, raising strong women and um, what it's like to parent young girls who hopefully will become strong women. So, Em, this was kind of your topic of choice, I think. Why don't you go ahead and kick it off with defining what you think is a strong woman? Well, first of all, it's always on my mind. We have three daughters and you come from a family with a lot of women. I do. Uh, I have, of course, a mother and I have three sisters as well. So yes, there's always been women around me. <laughs> and I have a sister and my own mother. And I personally come from a lineage of very strong-willed and females. So it seems to run in the family. And Jim, I know that in your family as well, there's a lot of very driven female energy. Yep. So um, this is something we talk about a lot and we really try to parent uh, towards and I recently read a book, which I highly recommend, called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Mm. And it, um, man, it touches on some really, really phenomenal topics, not just raising good, strong women, many other topics in there, but it's really had me thinking about this topic in particular for a while. And we thought this would be kind of a, a great one to dig into right now. Sure. So um, you asked what my definition is of a strong woman. And without it sounding so formal, like something from Webster's Dictionary, just a, a few thoughts that come to my mind about what I think a strong woman is, is someone who is clear in their convictions, um, is not wearing masks uh, over their identity. Mm -hmm. um, I think they're true to themselves and sometimes yourself isn't in a great space so you're not trying to cover up that you're you're trying great all real. the time yeah i don't think they're so fixated on um the physical but you know we'll get into this there's still important elements of that i think um the main thing to me is that they know themselves and they're true to who they are and yeah. i think there's a lot of things in society and the way we've grown up and expectations that we put on ourselves that inhibit that. Sure. Yeah. Well, certainly throughout time, there have been many inhibitors, to use your word there, that have kept uh, women down, if you will, for lack of a better term. Um, I got done watching a show based in the 1920s, and it kind of dawned on me that the women were able to vote in 1919. It was passed. Uh, in, and I just, that was kind of crazy to me because I'm just used to that. Everyone, anyone, if you're registered, you can vote. If you're an American citizen, women were not able to do that until 1919. So it, it kind of puts it in perspective of how hard it is, how hard it was and how hard it still is as a woman to, to be strong and driven and confident. And, um, and as they say, it's, you know, some of the people have said in the past, you know, you're living in a man's world. Well, that's got to go away. We're not, we're living in a person's world, a people's world. So I think that's kind of why this topic is a really good one for us to talk about. Growing up, I had strong female abilities modeled for me in my mm -hmm. own mom, who was the worker of the family for the majority of my life, um, was was really like the driving energy right. of, the, of the family unit, 
was always in pursuit of more and growth and all of this stuff. And it even goes back before her. My grandfather would tell us of his grandmother that used to own a hat shop in Ireland, which was even more unusual for those times. So now you're going back to like the 1800s. And um, I think that that one of the things that's really important with raising strong women is modeling the behavior because there really is something to be said for if you see it, you believe it. I know that's a little bit cliche, but because I saw my mom be the main, the breadwinner, the breadwinner if you will, yeah. for the family, that made me realize that that was possible and that I, I think I was able to envision like a yourself bigger, doing it. Yeah. Yeah. A bigger space for myself than maybe I would have otherwise. Sure. And so the more that we're able to be courageous in how we live our own lives and, um, and do things that are important to us and, and, and demonstrate that we're growing. Um, I think that's really good for younger girls to see, because they try to emulate and model who they look up to. And the number one person they look up to is their parents. Right. And I think uh, there's a couple things here that, that you have done as a, as a mother, as a parent, as a woman who is trying to show this in her daughters. Um, you, you, you've mentioned something before. I want you to kind of explain this. What, what do you mean when you say remove the eye filters? What does that mean? I think there's so many moments in our lives where we do things somewhat subconsciously unconsciously, I should say. We do things okay. unconsciously. I remember when you and I got married and you're supposed there's all these traditions that you're supposed to follow. And for whatever reason, there were a few, there were definitely some that we were into and there were others that we weren't. Yeah. And we felt really comfortable making it be how we wanted it to be. So just silly stuff like we, we didn't feel like we needed to wait to do the first dance. We wanted people to go on the dance floor first thing. Right. And so we, as soon as we came out, we went into the first dance and we didn't really, we didn't do like the garter toss. We didn't do like, did you do the we kind of went to the side toss or anything like that? I don't even remember. I don't even remember, but I, I know that we did like the cake first taste like a little bit to the side because it wasn't really our thing to be like be the we didn't want to be in the, the spotlight time. the whole time yeah exactly we wanted everyone else to enjoy it and we did table settings a little bit differently at least at the time it it was different um i had come up with this idea to have themed tables where people from various walks of yeah. life that there was a common denominator and so then they sat together right um and so there were it was just it doesn't sound like those were big things but to us at the time we were young and we were making decisions that were a little bit different different than what the our standard. parents would have expected. Right. And and it, they weren't huge things that we were pushing back against. But that was the first time where I really consciously remember thinking to myself, well, we don't have to do it yeah. the way other people have done it. I, my bridesmaids were black. That was that was a big one you, at the time. Yeah. Um, was... Just because I thought that was classy. And so we just mm-hmm. did what we wanted to do. And so what I mean by removing the lens is look at it with fresh eyes. Take as, and it's hard because a lot of these things have been learned. So, one of the things that you and I were talking about before we got on the mics is that um, women tend to feel like you need to be a good girl. Yes. You need to be, oh, she's such a good girl. Mm -hmm. She's so sweet. She's so cute. And that, like, physically, makes you react. It kind of makes you make yourself smaller. Yeah. And, and less there, you know, a boy. You feel smaller. A like boy, that. it's okay for a boy to be like strong and give it your confident all and, and yeah. 
yeah, and like you expect them to be rolling in the mud and falling down and but girls, you kind of expect them to be cute and do their thing and protected and, and off to the side. And, and to some degree, yeah. you kind of see that naturally play out. But to another degree, I think women tend to grow up feeling like they need to continue to be that cute little girl. Mm-hmm. And if you remove those glasses and you think you can speak up in that meeting or you can speak up on the PTO, whatever at school or on the stage, if you're presenting or something, yeah. Or if you're presenting or if you disagree with something in a, you know, conversation with the neighbors that it's okay for you to have a voice. And I think to some people, this might sound like, well, but I do, but I think like, if you really take a fresh look at your life, and why you do the certain things that you do. Are you doing it because it's a learned behavior? Are you doing it because that's truly, truly your what true you want to do? Yeah, what you're doing. Sure. Well, it's kind of, I've, as another example, I know you with our girls, um, and I enjoy seeing this with our girls, you kind of like to stress the importance of, quote, what is pretty? And when are you your prettiest? And there's a multitude of answers people can give, and some are right. Everyone has their own opinion, but. One of the things that you say with the girl, with our girls, is that makeup doesn't make you pretty, but it helps you. Like you can, how it's do you? It's an expression. You, it's an expression. There you go. You say it doesn't make you pretty, but it's an expression. Yeah, because you're pretty without makeup. And right. I'll see this with them. They'll put on a princess dress and they'll say, "Do I look pretty now?" And I'm like, "Yes, but you were already pretty. You were already right. pretty without that princess." The dress. dress doesn't make you pretty. You're already that way. It and, helps. It enhances. Right. And you're you're right. That's another space. If you take off the glasses, think, pay attention to the times where when you're commenting on someone else's daughter or your own daughters or another female, and so often the compliment is based upon their look. physical appearance. And yeah. I personally am not someone who thinks that you should never comment on someone's looks. Like, yeah, there's I, something I to okay. it, of course. Like, oh, that's a, that's a cool shirt you have or whatever. Man or woman. It doesn't, I mean, but everyone's it's so physically overdone. It's the vast majority, majority right. of the comments that females receive. And I know when I was growing up, this was the nature of the times. I think like, I mean, Cindy Crawford had just come out with her workout video, which ironically mm. on her Instagram page right now, she's been posting her this video that I used to do back in the 90s with my mom. Really? Yeah, she's been posting these clips. I'm like, oh, I remember that one. But um, we used to do that video every single day. And so I grew up thinking like, and I wasn't necessarily connecting the dots with you work out to feel good. I thought you worked out to look like to a look model good. like Cindy Crawford. Right. And that, and frankly, just to really cut straight to it, that, I'm doing this because I'm not that right now. And you want to be that. Yes. So right. I need to be something that I'm not. Right. I need to be Cindy Crawford. I need to be a model. Which is and the exact so opposite I, of what you should really be thinking in I've your own mind. I've really been conscientious of this with the girls. And it's really dri- driven home for me when they say things like, do I look pretty? Can I put makeup on? I want to look pretty. Right. And so for years and forever since they've been born. And it's you have to keep putting it in their heads because they keep going back well, to do I look pretty. But it, I say... You you look pretty anyway. This is just makeup is an expression. Your right. clothing is an expression. You're pretty at your core. The, I think part of the struggle there is you say, and and you, I'm in this too. But you, as the mom and as the woman, I think probably have to work a little harder than I do on this. It is hard to constantly fight that because our youngest is four, and she says things like that, and she's a very pretty girl. Just 
herself, but she'll put on a dress and she'll say, am I pretty? And I, I say, honey, of course you are. You're pretty without that on. I mean, that dress helps, but it doesn't matter. Um, it, what is, I think almost a hindrance is certainly in, in society that hasn't changed a whole lot, but I mean, we've been watching a lot of the Disney princess movies, which is there. It's, I don't want to sit here and blame Disney that they're, they're saying that in order to be a pretty girl, you have to be a princess, but um, but they certainly don't make these princesses look ugly in the movies. You know, they're pretty. They've got flowing hair. And they've, they've gotten got, better about it. They've gotten yeah. different shapes and sizes and nationalities. Right. And- but we've been watching lately. We've sort of throughout this quarantine, we've been watching a lot of the older Disney movies, which we love. They're great movies. They're timeless. And I think our kids are getting a lot out of it. But I think that that plays a part in in any young girl being like, oh, well, I, I want to look like Belle. I want to look like Ariel. I want to look like Cinderella, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think they inherently understand that in order to look like that, you have to have that hair. You have to have that makeup. You have to have that dress. And so they, they attribute that with being pretty, even though they probably don't quite understand what that means yet. So on it's the, like, it's hard to fight that. On the flip side, as we've been watching these videos, I it really has occurred to me like, whoa, there's a lot of female leads in Disney movies. Right. That's a, that's ahead of the times. Yeah. Even though we classify them as princesses. They're they, the lead. They're the lead. They have they're, a, they, like, like. They're moving the story along. I think I saw Bob Iger in an interview talk about what classified, what are the characteristics of a Disney princess? Who's and Bob Iger again? He is the CEO of Disney. Mm-hmm. And one, I remember some of the things were like a sense of adventure, um, you know, I think confidence or something along those lines was one of them. And so they definitely have some attributes of a princess that right. I think are things that we would want to instill in our daughters. Sure. Um, now, something interesting with the Disney princesses, maybe it's not that interesting, but I've pointed this out to the girls because it's another thing I say to them. Mm-hmm. What is the number one thing you can do to be pretty? Do you know the answer? Because I do this around them all the time. I don't, I don't know if you're. Around I don't that think much I'm. Either. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm like, do I know? I don't think I've heard you ask that them, uh, to them. Smile. What? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, that's true. And and if they were down here right now and we asked them, they would say it. I, I ask them this all the time. What's the number one thing you can do to be pretty? Is to smile. Disney princesses smiling all the time. They smile a lot. On the Disney princess front, do you remember about four-ish years ago? Mm-hmm. Our our oldest daughter, second kid, wore princess dresses oh. 100% of the time. Yeah, every Never day. Never wore anything else, wore it to bed, wore it during the day, went out in it. Went. She only couldn't wear it to school. That was the only because they didn't yeah. allow it. But other than that, Everything she was else, everywhere. Yep. She was in a princess dress. Mm-hmm. And there were multiple people who said to us, are you sure it's okay that she's wearing this many princess dresses? Is it okay that she's in a princess dress? That was this such often? a weird thing for to, for me to hear. I but know. yeah, people were questioning whether that would maybe they thought it would damage her psyche for some. I don't know what they where they were coming from. Maybe it was that, but like that would make her think that that's what pretty what, is, or what real life is, or both. You know, yeah. But no, I mean, I thought let her. She's a kid. Let her be a kid for right now yeah. because. It's not going to last that long. Well, do you remember what you said said too? Like, like because people would be like, "What is like? Is she? You got to think about what this is going to do to her. She mm-hmm. becomes an adult." And what did you say? I said that she could work at Disney World, right? You said, "Well, maybe her destiny is to be a Disney princess." Disney princess, yeah. And I'm like, "That'd be sweet." Then we could go down to Disney all the time. <laughs> but there's a few. If you unpack that, there's a few things there. First of all, 
Like that was the way that she wanted to express herself at that age. And we've always done the work of saying like what pretty is. So I wasn't so much concerned and maybe she will, maybe, maybe she'll be, maybe she'll have issues later. But, um, I felt like, but this was expression and this was another example to me of people like, Ooh, that's too much. She's too much. Well, it's just people being critical. I, and I, unfortunately, no matter what you do, and this is a top bigger topic for another, another podcast, but it's almost like no matter what you do, there's, there's going to be people that are critical of what you're doing. And so you just kind of have to understand that and roll with the punches. But I never thought that that one would be one of them as a parent. Um, and you said this was, you know, yeah, four or five years ago, maybe, um, it never crossed my mind that anyone would have a problem with a little girl putting on princess dresses. And when I say this, I'm not talking like people weren't coming up to us in this uh, supermarket or something and, and like shaming us or anything like that. But we did have a few comments here and there. And I just it was kind of, I was taken aback. I'm like, okay, I guess you find out this is kind of a problem, but we're like, no, let her, let her go. I mean, a, it's easier on her. It's easier on us. We're not fighting against a child who just wants to be in a friggin' princess dress. Like, let her do it. And wouldn't you know? She's, yeah, I want you to explain now what. <laughs> a total tomboy. She's kind now. of a tomboy now. <laughs> yeah. You know, she's a couple of years later and she likes to wear pants and shoes and sweatshirts and hoodies. And um, so, you know, and who knows? That could flip back to being a princess in her teenage years. You know, I'm not kidding when I say she could eventually, any of our girls and any other girl could work uh, down at Disney, uh, Disney World or Disneyland and be a Disney princess. Um, you never know. So I think the the themes so far are are number one, removing the glasses of what is supposed to the be filters. Yeah, the filters like this is what you're supposed to be. Like first of all, have awareness mm-hmm. of your perspective that may have been developed over a period of time. So that's number one to me. Mm-hmm. Number two is. Teach your kids that the value is inside. The value isn't something that they need to achieve. I am so such a believer in growth. I, I really, really believe in that. In all aspects for you. <laughs> yeah, but not at the expense of devaluing who I am on the inside. And I, I really sure. believe that that's important for us to model and to um, acknowledge in our children. Mm-hmm. And the third thing that I would say is we really, we want our daughters to be confident in who they are on the inside. And some of the ways that you build your confidence is through struggle. Yes, very much so. And I've noticed, and this goes a little bit even beyond females, but definitely speaks to obstacles or um, hardships. Like we just try to protect them. And I think this is just it's such a shame because, and it's hard, it's hard to do. It's hard for us to do. It's hard for us to let them struggle, but particularly for a a girl that you want to grow up into a woman who is confident about who they are and that they can be who they are and all this stuff is you have to let them struggle. You have to let them them find their way. Yeah. And, and through struggles and fail and Mm -hmm. make mistakes and, you're going to probably see a lot of tears, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. It might not feel good, but it's a way of learning and healing from, like you said, failure from whatever it might be. I can think of right now, like in high school, our girls, any any number of them, maybe all of them, will likely do musicals and, and show choir and stuff like that. They might not get the part they want. 
they might not get any part at all. Who knows? And it's going to be pretty devastating probably, but you can't fight too much on that one. And parents, I think these days, maybe back in the past too, would fight against the the teachers or whatever, but you got to just let them fight their own battles in that one. And uh, that's just, that's one later on for and our kids. There's but, appropriate times to step in certainly, but they've got yeah. to be able to give it a go and they have to be able to, as they enter into becoming a, adults. Know, teenagers, adults, et cetera, that they feel like they can depend on themselves and right. that the people that they like their dependence isn't necessarily just residing in other people, but really like first and foremost, it's about themselves. Right. So I, I, I really, I think that is one of the hardest things, but one of the most important things. And I've seen it in um, one of our daughters who will really beat herself up if she doesn't do something perfectly. Yeah. And I, I can't really, I'm certainly there's probably instances where we've said things or done things that would make her think that she needs to, you know, be a good girl and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. I also think that there's society pressures, but even at a young age, I'm kind of seeing that in her and really working with her to just say like, you, like you're, you, you are going to mess up. I mess up all the time and I'm trying to share with her the times where I mess up or where I felt insecure or so she can see like not everybody has it all together. I think with this, child as well there's a little bit of a the, her personality it's baked into her personality a little bit too which almost makes it even a little bit harder because we're trying to change just an inherent behavior of hers i don't think anyone taught her to be this sensitive towards failure or towards anything else that might upset her but it, it, it yeah we've struggled with that one a little bit to to try to get to the core of you know it's okay to make a mistake you need to make mistakes if you don't make mistakes you're never going to learn anyways so we're working on that one but yeah it's definitely something where you know the the let them make mistakes and this goes for girls and boys but we're obviously focused on on girls and, and making strong women and so it's like let them struggle to build the strength that they're going to need in order to become a strong woman and to be, hopefully in the, in the business world the entertainment field the you know education medical whatever it might be so that they can be strong and and that's exactly it you got to let them got to let them struggle it's not that easy but you got to do it um, the other thing that we thought was important to raising strong females is understanding that it's not about pleasing you. As the parent. Yeah. It's yep. not about you. It's about them. And they need to do what's going to make themselves proud, not mom and dad. Right. Don't like, live vicariously through them. Yeah. If they're not into that sport or whatever activity, and like really ask yourself, why are you pushing them to do that? And and yeah. I think there's a lot of reasons why you might be putting a kid into a particular activity. This is just an example that I can think of. Like I, I remember um I remember going to the doctor once and the doctor had shared with me, we live in the Midwest, and she said, one of my biggest regrets raising our daughter, she had two daughters, um, is that we forced them to do soccer. And one Mm. daughter in particular hated it, hated it. And they just, it was this constant battle to get her on the field. And I think separate from that, it's really easy to be like, well, why did you make her do it? Um, But they felt these pressures and like your friends are doing it and you need to be active and a part of something. And she said, "Um, when we finally let go of that, she needed to do soccer because that's what you do in the Midwest. And that's what everyone in the community does our relationship got better. Like she started pursuing other things that she was interested in. And she said, I just wish we wouldn't have wasted so many years 
pushing her Forcing, to do something pushing, that yeah. we thought was the right thing. Right. And she didn't really care about it. So I think a few ways to model this for daughters is like, what are you doing to make yourself proud? As the parent. Yeah. 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 I think self-care is really important. And not it's even outwardly just, too. They see that. Yeah. Not even just like you did a spa day, like that type of self. That's important too. Um, like, like, you know, making sure that you're getting your workouts and making sure that you're taking care of like, yourself, basically. Yeah, right? mentally, yeah. you know, spiritually, all that stuff. But I also think the pursuit of something that brings you happiness, like mm-hmm. some sort of hobby, or if you really like to read or you like to garden or whatever it is, maybe you like to play a sport and you do volleyball. I really think it's important for your daughters and really your kids in general to see that you are, are pursuing something that makes yourself proud. Right. And I, I, I know that we both do that in our own way. Um, selfishly, I've always liked hobbies for myself because it keeps me from being bored. But also, and more importantly, um, I love being creative. So getting back to what you were just saying there, like the, the idea that our kids may or may not go into things that we might want them to go into. Me, I, I lean more on the music side of things, as you obviously know. Um, and so I would love... I've been joking around about this. I would love to see any of our kids like in, in a band now being a guy, I, you know, and we have one son, I always think when, when Jack gets into high school, it'd be awesome for him to join a, a, you know, a garage band like I did. But if he doesn't want to do that, then I just have to accept that. That's not his thing. And he's definitely shown an aptitude towards sports. So he might be a sports guy and, and I like sports myself, but I didn't really play. I mean, I played him when I was a kid and then I kind of left them behind. He might be like, I think, well, I think he actually, he wants to be a baseball player. That's what his career path, what he wants currently. Um, Great. I'm not going to force him to take drum lessons or to take guitar lessons. And then in the hopes that he's going to be in a band in high school, if he does great, if not, that's cool too. You know, like I, that was, that was what I did. That's, those were my aspirations. That doesn't mean I should force them on him because like to your, you know, you just said that, that story will just be fighting. If he doesn't want it, we'll just be fighting. And no one will be happy and yeah, forget it. I'd rather just be like, all right, what do you like to do? And see where they see where they take it. And in this case, the girls, you know, all three of our girls have very similar but different personalities. And so I'm actually just very curious to see where they all end up with their hobbies, which hopefully they, they choose as they go on. Now, the last thing that I think is important to raising strong women is we've been talking a lot about what you're doing for yourself, like how Mm -hmm. you're teaching them to value themselves. But another huge piece of this is being kind to other women. Yeah, that's a huge one. I've heard people say, and I've seen it too, where they're like, you know, the whole thing where men against women, you know, we need to stop this, any kind of abuse, certainly physical and otherwise. And then I've heard people say, you know, sometimes women are worse to women than men are to women. I'd save for anything, you know, sexual violence, leave that out of it. That's obviously terrible, uh, kind of a different level. I'm talking more like, you know, men being nasty to women verbally or whatever. And I've heard women be way nastier to women in, in a lot of cases. And it's like, yeah, you guys gotta, you gotta be nice to each other. You gotta be on your, be on the same team. That's kind of what it is, I think. Yeah, I've. You and I have talked about this before where sometimes it seems like with women that historically there's been, call it less opportunity for women. So Mm -hmm. like on the work front or like in 
politics on in sports, sports or entertainment w- yeah, whatever it's... i mean we're kind of doing a broad stroke here but right um but my theory is that women have been raised thinking that there is this finite amount of opportunity and if another female comes gets along. a piece of the pie of opportunity it's less opportunity for you yeah. and i don't know that most people could articulate it that way and who knows? I could be off. It's just based upon my experiences. That's kind of how I like have pulled it together in my head. You being a woman can speak to that certainly more than I can. Yeah. And I, it's, it's terrible because you, you see it play out in a lot of instances and it's sad because it results in cattiness and it results in, um, resentment and yeah, just like the bad people, blood and ugh. women should be lifting each other up versus totally. cutting them down. I mean, it's the strength of everyone together right? Um, versus the individual, individual that really like creates change. And so, you know, we've, I think with the younger girls teaching them to lift each other up and be proud of each other Supportive and not of each other necessarily and- competitive in an ugly way you want them to be competitive healthy in a competitive good way. yeah help the competition is a good thing but yeah like and and we're still figuring that one out ourselves. the the right way to do it and yeah. like how the pressures that they experience and that kind of stuff but it's something that i notice a lot and it's it, i find it really aggravating and just it seems to be somewhat of a learned behavior and um it's sad because I, I do think oftentimes you'll see the guys get together and they're just like pretty chummy shoot the shit and just talk about whatever (laughs) and like and the ladies get together and a lot of times it's kind of catty and backstabbing and talking behind yeah again certainly not all the time but there does seem to be enough of it that it's given me pause and it's made me really think about how might our daughters see this Mm -hmm. how might they participate in it and what can we do to steer them in a different direction i agree So in closing, the things that we feel are important to raising strong females are removing the the lens, the filter of what you're supposed to do, valuing who you are um, on the inside versus feeling like you have to externally try to achieve something, being proud of yourself versus looking for validation from others, letting them struggle uh, to build their confidence and strength and lifting other women up. I think we have a unique opportunity right now in the pandemic where we're closer to our families and our daughters, and maybe we have a little bit more time to reflect. This is a huge topic. It's been a huge topic for many years, and mm-hmm. um, it's an important topic. And I think you know, you're hopefully closer to your family and being able to see things maybe with new eyes and fresh perspective and Um, I just challenge you to think about the ways that um, you're consciously trying to raise strong women or if you don't have daughters yourself, that you are helping to lift other women up, um, that you're taking care of yourself as a female and, you know, creating a strong voice for yourself um, because, you know, they say the future is female. I think it's probably a healthy mix of both, but but certainly I, I do believe the narrative that there's, it's we need to keep lifting women up. I definitely agree. So hopefully you guys liked what you heard. Um, I suppose if this garners a lot of attention, like Emily said, this is a very 
big topic. Uh, we've covered just a small portion of it that we feel is important, but there's a lot more to talk about. So we may or may not revisit this one, um, depending on if we get some good good feedback or if we just want to do that. But uh, really appreciate everyone listening. Uh, and again, give us a like on Facebook and uh, search for us on any and all podcast platforms. And thanks for listening. Thank you.